The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and the release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for these those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They are called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Father, we thank You today for what You're going to do. Come on, just lift Your voice and pray that God would speak to you. Lord, we're mindful that you need to, we need you to move beyond just a teaching today. We long for you to come and to transform our lives by your word, sharper than any two-edged sword. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will remain forever. So move in power this morning, we ask and pray, in the name of Jesus, when it's all said and done and we walk through the threshold of the church door out to our vehicles, may we truly know that you have spoken and touched us and changed us for your glory, even for a display of your splendor. And we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We do have notes for you, as is our custom and uh, soon we'll be putting the answers to the notes on the screen. So somebody say, woo All right. And uh, we want to encourage you to continue to write notes and bring your Bible. We'll start putting Bible verses up on the screen and things like that, like you've seen in different places. One of the reasons I didn't want to move to putting the Bible up on the, ver- on the screen is because people end up never carrying it. Before you know, they're not carrying it, they're not reading it, and then they're just waiting to read it when they come to church, and they don't know how to get around. So we want you to continue to read your word. Somebody say yes. I lived in Hawaii for about 15 years. One of the things that amazed me living there, I lived on the island of Maui for about 10. I lived on the island of Molokai for about two, and I lived on Kauai for three years. And then I was gloriously transferred up here by the calling and the word of the Lord. In my time in Hawaii, I was always amazed that people still got depressed living in one of the most beautiful places of the earth. Now, Alaska is one of the most beautiful places of the earth also. Even now, when I go and I visit the Hawaiian Islands, when I go back for conferences and things, to see people depressed. I want to talk to you about a spirit of despair. I want to talk to you about releasing the power of the kingdom of God really through joy. Through joy. Everybody say joy. Depression. Look at, look at your notes. Depression is caused by more than one's environment. I mean, I can understand sometimes being depressed in Alaska in the middle of the winter. <laughs> but Hawaii? Give me a break. I remember seeing posts on Facebook, it's really cold in Kahului. Pray for us. It's 60 degrees. I thought, what? 60? That's like a warm summer day. Give me a break. All right. Look at the text. The text is a prophetic word describing what the Messiah would do. And you see that Jesus came and he read this exact text. He was stood up in Luke 4. It was handed unto him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he read Isaiah 61. And he said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And he handed the scroll back. 
And then he did a miracle, cast out a devil. One of the first miracles he did was cast a devil out of church. Okay, I'll go ahead and tell that joke. The devil showed up at a church once, and the whole place ran out the back except for one guy out the middle of the church. Everybody was terrified. And the one guy sat there and just looked at the devil. And the devil said, boo, and he didn't even flinch. Nothing happened. The devil said, aren't you scared? He says, heck no, I've been married to your sister for years. Okay, okay, okay. A woman was standing there and says, heck no, I was married to your brother for years. All right, there we're even. All right. So Jesus comes on the scene and he's really a fulfillment. (laughs) Come on, somebody say joy. It's really a fulfillment of Isaiah 61. And it's a picture of dramatic change. Fill your notes in. A picture of dramatic change. Good news is proclaimed. The brokenhearted are healed. Those that are bound are set free. God's favor and justice have come. All through the Messiah coming, He fulfilled these things. Mourning is changed to joy. And we become oaks of righteousness displaying God's glory or splendor. Which really reminds me of Psalm 1. Now, the text speaks of this issue of depression. And it's interesting to me that the King James says heaviness. The New New International Version says despair. Despair, heaviness, depression. It's interesting to me that it says a spirit of heaviness or a spirit of despair. I am convinced that one of the strategies of the enemy is to rob you of your joy. And if you lose your joy and you end up in heaviness, you end up in despair, you end up in depression, you are in big trouble. I venture to say that just about everybody here has experienced depression or heaviness before. We used to sing a song long ago. Put on a garment of praise. Put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Pray in the spirit. Anybody know that song? And with understanding, oh, magnify the Lord. It's an old, old Pentecostal song. The Hebrew words for joy meant to shine or to be bright or to dance around. <laughs> it, it, it's a mark of having fellowship with God. Everybody say joy. Let me read you some verses of Scripture. Psalm 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand there's pleasures forevermore. Joy is the flag that flies from the person's heart who has Jesus enthroned in their life. When you're serving God and living for God, joy will naturally flow. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying if you don't have joy this morning, something's wrong. Psalm 51, verse 12, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and behold me with thy free spirit. Psalm 35, verse 27, let them shout for joy and be glad. My favor and my righteous cause, yea, let them continually 
Let the Lord be magnified. Say, that. let the Lord be magnified, which is my pleasure and prosperity of his servant. My tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all day long. Psalm 65, verse 13. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. When you've got God in your life, when you're walking with Jesus, joy will be a byproduct of your life with Him. Our response, look at, see, our response to God is one of joy. I don't know if you remember when you gave your heart to Jesus, when you got saved, but many times it comes tears and weeping. But after that comes this joy, peace that you never knew before. God's covenant people will be filled with joy. Isaiah 35, verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Jesus wanted us to have his joy. Everybody say, Jesus wants me to have his joy. Jesus wants me to have his joy. Look at Hebrews 12. Joy was a big role in the life of our Lord as he hung on the cross, according to Hebrews 12. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It was literally joy. Jesus understood what was going to happen as he went through the trial, as he went through the crucifixion. There was joy that, that held him there, strengthened him. Joy strengthened him. Jesus said in, in John fifteen eleven, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. God wants you to have joy. J-O-Y. He wants you to have joy. He wants us to have joy. He wants our lives to be filled with it. John sixteen twenty four. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be filled. Full. In fact, the joy is the fruit of the Spirit. Look at F. Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit of God. You know, patience is fruit of the Spirit. You don't have to pray for patience. I claim it. Somebody said, when you pray for patience, you're going to have all kinds of irritating people resisting you, and you're going to have to be patient. Huh. Listen, I just claim it. Come on, you got the Spirit of God in you? Just say, hey, patience is fruit. Sometimes I have to slow down and just go, I'm patient, I'm patient, I'm patient, right? I mean, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Look at G. The joy of the Lord is our, our strength. Nehemiah said that. That's fascinating to me. The joy is your strength. You could really tie that back into Hebrews 12. Our joy was a source of strength for the Son of God. But joy of the Lord is your strength. How's your joy? Come on, do a joy check. How's your joy? Or are you heavy? Let's get into the meat of this thing. I want to talk to you about a spirit of depression. Now, it's almost springtime. Well, it is springtime. I mean, breakup is among us, upon us. Somebody say hallelujah. Yeah. Woo. Let's just thank the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Text says a spirit of heaviness or a spirit of despair. How a spirit of despair works. 
Watch this. You're going to learn something this morning. A spirit of despair or a spirit of depression or a spirit of heaviness, it can be generational. It can be generational. What do you mean it can be generational? I'm, I'm telling you, it can run in your family line. How many of you ever know that they've proven, basically, that alcoholism is a genetic thing that can be passed on? But I don't think alcoholism started in the gene pool. I just think it's, it's a byproduct of sin. It can get, it can get printed into us. And, and, and heaviness or despair or depression can be the same way. Now, I'm not going to do a show of hands or anything, but if those of you that have struggled with depression, if you look in your family, you'll find your mama or your dad struggled with it or somebody in your family line, you will see it. Now, there's all kinds of scientific ways and medical ways to say, well, there's a deficiency in this or there's, there's a need of this or there's a chemical imbalance. I understand that. But I'm saying at the root of that, there's, there's a spiritual condition that Jesus can help you with. Let me explain how this generational thing works. Turn to Deuteronomy 5. Deuteronomy 5. You see, when you fail morally, people, when you and I, if we fail morally, it doesn't just affect you. It doesn't just affect your life. Although people like to think that, well, if I want to watch porn, then I can watch porn. If I want to, it's my life. Well, you just need to listen to me, you stupid thing, you. You, entertaining yourself, making a a, a human being who's made in the image of God an object of lust for your own entertainment, your own pleasure, and your own self-gratification and worship releases, releases a demonic attack, not only upon your own life, but upon your generations. So some of you fathers, I know maybe, I know there's nobody here that's ever done that, looked at pornography, but I'm just telling you. When that happens, when you have a moral failure, that can be passed down. Deuteronomy, all there? Deuteronomy 5, 9. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I am the Lord your God. I'm a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me. Oh, but don't stop there. But showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commands. You know, many of you don't know this. Oprah is huge, of course, has her own magazine and has her own church, the Church of Oprah now. It was that very text that was preached to her that caused her to turn her back on the Lord. She said she was sitting in a church. I heard this. I saw the testimony. She was sitting in a church, and the, and the, and the pastor or the preacher said, God's a jealous God. And she thought, well, what does he have to be jealous about? I must have something special in me that he's going to be jealous. I, mean, what, what kind, I don't want to serve any God that's jealous Of the greatness that's on the inside of me. Can I tell you something? That is not what that text means. It means that he so loves you. That he will destroy anything that hinders his walk with you. So that you can become all that he's intended. Not, not, oh, he's scared that you're going to become God yourself or something. Give me a break. The picture is here that. There is a passing down of generational curses that come upon our children when we fail. And, and you see, really in the New Testament too, here, John 9. Let me read this to you. Now, this is not talking about a spirit of despair or depression, but it still applies. As they went along, they saw a man blind from birth. The disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? And, and Jesus said, neither. 
So it's not all, it, it can be generational. Everybody say generational. It can be generational. It's not always generational. Derek Prince. Anybody ever heard of Derek Prince? Great man of God, gone to be, on, gone to be with the Lord. Had a difficulty from time to time with depression. He prayed, he fasted, the Lord spoke to him and said, it's really not your problem, it was your father's. And he thought back about how his father would lock himself in a room for two or three days, so depressed, he couldn't get out of it. He, he prayed, and God broke him free. So, so a spirit of heaviness or a spirit of despair, despair can come upon you because it can be generational. Somebody say, whoa. But good news is you don't have to stay that way. Come on, you can have joy. Come on, you can shake off a spirit of heaviness because of the blood of the Lamb. Look at the, look at the next point. Spirit of depression or, or, or despair can come through a demon attaching itself due to foolish pride. Due to foolish pride. There was a story of a pastor, and Dr. Morocco shared this with me and wrote it in one of his books. There was a pastor who was ministering to this lady who was struggling with depression. He realized that it was, a, as he prayed for her, she was in a mental institution. So he prayed for her that it, was a, that it was a demon spirit that attached itself to this lady. He went into the mental institution. He laid hands on her, prayed a particular way that the Lord told him to, and she was set free. And she left the mental institution thereafter, shortly thereafter. He was talking with a pastor friend of his and making light of it and kind of joking and being prideful about the power that he had to get rid of this demon. And he started to magnify himself. It was just a month later that that pastor found himself in the same exact mental hospital in the same place with a spirit of depression upon him. And he was there for a little while until another friend of his had a revelation that he too had been affected by that thing. And he went in, broke it off of him, and he, and he got freed and released from the mental institution. It can come because of your foolish pride. You know, we all have power in Jesus' name. Listen to me, all of you intercessors, all of you people that are beginning to exert your authority in Christ. Don't miss what I'm about to say. Outside of God, you have no authority. The only reason we have power and authority in the name of Jesus is because it's in the name of Jesus and we're submitted and underneath him. The moment you get out from underneath his covering, start thinking you're all that in a bag of chips with three Coca-Colas is the day that you're going to have a problem. Your authority lies in the finished work of the cross. So when you come and you begin to exert your authority in Christ and command the enemy to leave, it's more, you, you could say it like this. Devil, I know that you know that you've been defeated on the cross and I've come to enforce what Jesus did. You got to go right now. You see, that's different than saying, I call you on to a fist fight right now. You've got to leave my house because I'm handsome or something. Give me a break. No spirit of handsome is going to help you. <laughs> we were doing prophetic activations uh, years ago, and there was a bunch of uh, youth and young adults, and one of them was praying for Pastor Josh, and, and they were practicing bringing forth the word of the Lord and trying to hear God's voice. So he, he, he looks at Pastor Josh and says, um, um, the Lord says you've got a spirit of handsome. Amen. Anyway, just a little... A funny rabbit trail. So foolish pride can, can get you in trouble. We have authority over the enemy because of the finished work of the cross, because of the shed blood of Jesus. Now thirdly, a spirit of depression, a spirit of despair, a spirit of heaviness can come through trauma. Come on, somebody's going to get it this morning through what? Through, through trauma. 
What are you talking about? This passage talks, Isaiah 61 as well as Luke 4, talks about binding up the brokenhearted. There are situations that you could have been in your life where you were so rejected or so abused. I counsel them, I've counseled for many, many years and found people who have been through abusive situations, if they've not talked that out and been prayed for, that trauma can come upon them, that reminder of it, and a heaviness can sit on them, bringing a spirit of despair. Trauma is another way that a spirit of despair or depression can come. It can also come look at deep through grief. Through grief. There was a lady who had lost her husband, and uh, tragically, and it was horrible. Went through depression and really grieving, especially with a, a spouse, somebody of close family member. I, I take a Hebrew mindset, which is this. They will grieve for one year. And after a year, they stop it. You know why? Because after that, it can become demonic. I've heard people say, well, it's two years you should grieve. There is a thing called grief therapy where you are able to talk about what happened and how you felt and where you were and what's going on. You need to talk about that stuff. And many times counselors don't even know about grief therapy. So when somebody goes through a great loss, they never really process that the right way. And they can end up in a spirit of depression because grief is so overwhelming that they just can't see, they can't see through the situation. This lady came and got counseling and worked through her grief through grief counseling. She went home and got a call at the church the following day, and the lady said, Pastor, I can see flowers. Pastor, I can smell flowers. I have not seen flowers or smelled them in over six to eight months. Thank you. I can see the birds. I can, I can see things. I, I feel like I'm alive again. Why? Despair was broken off of her through, through counseling, through getting rid of grief. Some of you have been through so much death, so much loss, so much pain, and you wonder why you're numb now. Because you're waiting for the next hit. But the truth is that numbness, that, that heaviness that you feel, doesn't have to stay in your life anymore. You can be free. You can have joy. Spirit of heaviness can come through not only grief, but through a physical problem. Now, I've got lots of testimonies about this. Through a physical problem, what are you talking about? I'm talking about ongoing pain. How many of you know somebody who has chronic pain? Now, we don't know the degree of pain. I mean, I like to think that I can handle pain until I'm in pain, then I realize I really can't handle it too good. It's like thinking, you know, you know, sometimes us men, we have these pictures about ourselves. It's just total deception. You know, I'd like to think if somebody ever broke into my house, that would be the last house they ever broke into. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you hear guys talk, oh, I'd just pull out my 4570. That'd be the end of that thing. That thing'd be cocked, loaded right up that guy's nose, and that'd be it. That'd be finished. It'd be all over. I mean, I was one of those guys. I can handle myself. I'm in pretty good shape. I don't care what comes into my house. It'd be the wrong house he ever stepped in. Right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Unless they showed up on Monday morning. 
Monday morning is my one day. I'm off. I, I, I come to prayer, and then I go home, and I sleep in. This morning I was so tired, I didn't even go to prayer. Let somebody else lead it, like Micah or something. And all of a sudden I heard a boom. It's three in the morning. I was like, oh, oh. I think I heard a noise. I sat up. I stood up, and then four large men are in my room. Now, my room, my bedroom is down the hall, up the stairs, down the other hall. They had all the way past all my kids' rooms already. They're already in my house. They were paramedics. And I was all, the guy's looking at me like this. Is there an emergency? I was all, I guess. (laughs) There I am in my shorts. You know what I'm talking about? Now, if I don't tie that into this message, you can just enjoy it as an isolated whole, all right? Physical problem. Sometimes we think that we can handle pain, but until you have chronic pain, you don't, you don't know how, that, how you can handle that. And when you have physical problems, maybe you have a difficulty sleeping. If you have difficulty sleeping, I'm going to tell you, do a word study on what God gives His people. God gives His people rest. He gives His people the sleep of the just. If you toss and turn, start doing a word study on how, how rest belongs to you because you're His. And you start standing on those scriptures, you'll see that thing break. Now, if you're living for the enemy, then, you know, you can't claim any of that stuff. Then you could just toss and turn. Amen. We had a person in our church in Kauai that had a tooth operated on, and I don't really understand this, but had a a nerve shrink back on the dentist, retracted, and, and it was so excruciating for her. She went to get it worked on. They couldn't, they couldn't do surgery. They couldn't fix it. They, she went through all kinds of oral surgery. I mean, it became demonic. It was so brutal for her. And she would cry at the altar and weep and, and, and travail before God. She couldn't take it anymore. Do you know what happened? She was so depressed at times. We tried to help her, and we sent her different places, and we prayed. And, and you know what she ended up doing? She ended up taking her own life. And I believe it's because she couldn't handle it any. More. Now, there's no promise, by the way, of heaven if you kill yourself. I thought I'd throw that out. So don't ever even think about taking the shortcut and get to heaven quick and see all your relatives that you've missed and just so you could just kill yourself and get there early. Okay, that's what I tell everybody that's living. Now, for those of you that lost somebody to the suicide, to tell them this. God's a merciful God. And there's no telling what happened in the closing moments just before they died. And they called on the name of the Lord. I happen to have two people that have committed suicide, one right after each other, a month apart on the island of Kauai. This lady took her life, and then her best friend took her life a month later. It was amazing how God intervened. I'm minding my own business in my office, and the Lord says, call her now. And I had the fear of God all over me. Like, if I did anything else, I'd be in sin. I'm just like, where's the number, you know? I called. And I said, hi, it's Pastor Daniel. And then I hear this. Pick up the phone. I mean, this boldness starts coming out of my mouth. Pick up the phone right now. Pick up the phone. I remember looking at my watch saying, pick up the phone. And then I prayed. Do you know what she was doing? She was hanging herself in that moment. That exact moment when I called, God had given a way of escape. But she didn't take it. We don't understand all the pain that people go through. But I just choose to believe that that lady, as she hung herself 
You know, I hate to get so morbid this morning, but the truth is if you don't deal with your spirit of heaviness, it can end in suicide, people. You know, we've got young kids, they don't talk about it. They just cut themselves in the public bathroom. Can I preach this morning? We need to deal with this thing. We need to come against it with the supernatural joy of the Holy Spirit and allow God to help people. Talk about it. Talk about the grief. Talk about the pain that you've been in. You need to talk about the trauma that you've been through. Because if you don't, you can stay depressed your whole life. That's not God's will. Everybody say it's not God's will. So it can come through a physical problem. Look at F. Somebody say Jesus is the healer before we move on. Jesus is the healer. He is. Did I cover the, did I cover the suicide thing well enough? For those of you that have lost somebody that killed themselves, you know, I grieve over that. I've gone through it too. I believe that God is merciful, and all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And in the closing moments, I will tell you, oh, let me be super transparent. May I? Okay, I've been there. I'd been in the closing moments of my own life. I wasn't serving God. And as I was hanging there, look, I come from a deep, dark place where God brought me out of. When I was was hanging there, all I could think is, oh, God, I'm sorry, oh, God, I'm sorry, oh, God, I'm sorry. I blacked out and somebody saved me before I died. All that went through my head was, oh, God, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Poof, I disappeared. Now, I should have died, but God sent somebody. I got rescued. Now, I'm going to just tell you that's what happens to most people in that situation. Gunshots are a little scary to me. But God is merciful. Somebody say, God is merciful. Come on, he's merciful. He's kind. All right, look at the next thing. We're talking about how a spirit of heaviness or a spirit of despair or a spirit of uh, uh, depression can come upon us. The second, this G here, look at G. I don't know how many points we're into now, but all right, making sure you're paying attention. F can come through anxiety. Anxiety. But here's a recipe for that. Be anxious for nothing, says Paul in the book of Philippians, but through prayer and petition make your request known to God and the peace of God that transcends you. All understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You don't have to be anxious. You just need to submit those things to God and try to trust Him. And, and, and conf- if you're struggling with anxiety and fear, you need to come again. You need to come again. Prayer. You need to talk about what's happening. And sometimes the anxiety comes because of physical problems. Sometimes anxiety comes because of, because of trauma. And on down the line, it can tie in. Look at G. Everybody say G. It can come through being reminded of past failure. Oh, my goodness, do I know this one. I know this one really well. Now, the enemy wants to just come to you with this laundry list of what a jerk you are. Remind you of all the stuff that you did, all the people you hurt, all the failure that you had. And he'll try to rehearse that over and over and over and over and build this regret and build this shame and build this case against you. And if he can do that, then you can end up in depression. You can end up in despair. When the devil comes to remind you of all of your past, why don't you just remind him of his future? He's going to go into a lake of fire. And
And really when he comes against you like that, it's not you that's on trial. It's the blood of Jesus. And by the way, don't you point fingers and remind people of the past that they came out of either. Because when you do, you're basically saying that the blood didn't wash them, but it washed you. And I got news for you, you ugly thing. It washed them too. So quit bringing up the past. Let it go as far as the east is from the west. Can you say amen? Don't remind people of their past. When it's under the blood, it's under the blood. Quit it. I know, I know families, parents are, you know, remind their kids. Well, I remember last year. They repented. Quit it. Quit beating them up with the past to try to get them to motivate to change. Only God can change the human heart. Blood has washed it all away. You've got to forgive people, you know. You've got to be forgiven. You've got to forgive people. You've got to set a new focus. Your new focus has got to be on God. Is this helping anybody this morning? All right, walking in freedom from despair. Here's a few insights, and we'll be done for this morning. A few insights. Call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord, Joel 2, verse 32. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, that's in the context of God delivering Israel from their enemies. But how many of you know that the spirit of heaviness and depression is an enemy? Sickness is an enemy. Look, you could apply these things, this message you could apply in lots of different areas. I just felt like the Lord would have me hone in on depression. So you can call on the name of the Lord. The second thing is you can ask for wisdom. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Don't you love that? Sometimes, you know, we're not very wise. Sometimes, you know, some of it, you got wisdom, but you don't use it. Wisdom is knowledge applied. You can know about something, but once you begin to apply it in your life, in action, that's wisdom. If you go through heaviness or despair or depression, look, it might be that you're burning the candle on both ends. I'm so glad to be 44 years old. Soon to be 45 in July. You know why I'm glad? I'm so glad I don't think it's like a stupid 20-year-old that I used to be. I understand when I'm burning it at both ends. I understand when I get too tired. I'm going to tell you, for me, if I eat the wrong food continually, I get, I get real tired and I break my routine, I get weird. Am I the only one? You know, back to, back to a physical thing, you know, if you eat sugar all the time, Sugar really affects me, and I will tell you, that was one of the things that really started me down the road to an addictive behavior was sugar. I used to go and steal whole cases of Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes, because I was, you know, 10 years old, and I'd probably been smoking crack, but they didn't know about that at 10. So I ate sugar. Hello? Don't look at me like you're all weird or something. Come on, I'm not the only one that had a hard time. I'm a walking miracle. Anybody else in here? Woo! (laughs) The truth is, if I start telling my testimony, I get totally overcome with joy. I, I can't help myself. Why? I think about, oh, I'm in trouble. Now I'm in trouble. I think about what God did for me. I just, I just go, whoa! Oh, thank you, God. I think about where he brought me from. I think about how he broke off depression, how he broke off despair, how he healed my body, how he healed my soul, how he renewed my mind, 
washed away, how He set me free, how He put a dance in my step and a praise on my mouth, how He called me to preach His Word, how He's written my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Greater is He that's in me than He that's in the, than the, in the world. I'm His favorite one. I'm His child. I've been grafted in. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I can't help myself. You might be able to stay calm, but I just can't. All right, I feel a little better now. When I think about the Lord and all He's done for me, I can't help but shout and scream the victory. I can't help it. Okay. Ask God for wisdom in the way that you're living, what you're doing. Because if you live in a way that's unwise, you can end up with a spirit of heaviness or depression. But get your hopes up. Everybody say, get your hopes up. Hope shatters depression. Hope destroys depression. Romans 15, 13, may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 6 says that hope is the anchor of the soul. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, all things work together for good. So it doesn't matter what ditch you're in right now, it's going to work. It doesn't say all things are good. You know, it's all good. The United States it's all good. That's not true. Unless you're holding the word and talking about that. It's all good. No, it's not all good. But God will work it all for good for those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. Hope is found in the Lord, and hope will shatter depression. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when you get hope, it's life. Express your praise to God. Put on a garment of praise, the text says. Express your praise to God, D. You choose to worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is a day, this is a day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is a day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is a day, this is a day that the Lord... Now watch this. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. It is a choice to rejoice. It is a sacrifice of praise, but I will tell you the biggest weapon that God has personally given me is singing the Word of God unabashed, unashamed, with all my heart before Him. When I sing and worship, I I mean, I have to tone it down when I come to church because I just don't want to freak anybody out. Are you quenching the Spirit? No. Maybe, sometimes. (laughs) My personal worship at home with my kids. There's times when, there's times when I just, you know, I just, the last thing I want to do is lift my hands and say, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't want to do that. I want to slap somebody. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I got a spirit of slap. I want to slap somebody. Now, slapping people really is not a good option. You're struggling. You're hurting. You're, you, you need some breakthrough. Try worshiping. 
I will rejoice. Some of you, you, it's an act of your will. It's an act of your, your, your mind. You make a choice. I'm going to choose to rejoice right now. I'm going to lift up my voice. I'm going to sing. I'm going to praise. If you could get a hold of that worship principle, Jehoshaphat sent the worshipers out and God set ambushments, it says in the King James. You can get a hold of the principle of worship. It will free you. I'm telling you, you'll be liberated. You sing. You can dance. You worship until God's power, peace comes on you. And then the depression's got to go. Somebody say, express your praise. You know, that's why, Micah, would you come? That's why we sing, you know, we sing happy songs when we come to church. Why? Because I know that the enemy's probably been whooping up on you all week. So when you come in, I don't, I'm not ready to sing slow songs when we first come in. I want to sing some praise. Praise, is, praise is, is really horizontal, if you will. God's good. Yes, he's good. God is good all the time. Ah, God is good, right? We're telling each other God is good. Yay! Worship is holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Worship is vertical. We come in, we really sing praise songs just to shake off the heaviness of the week. It's important. Some of you need to have a worship service in your house. Some of you do, and you understand that. Look at, I'm almost done. Look at the next thing. Some insights on how to break off heaviness. Be in church. Everybody say, be in church. So what does that have to do with anything? Everything. <laughs> Everything. Turn to 1 John 1. You know, if the enemy can get you separated from the people of faith and separated from the people of God, and isolated, you'll be in trouble. You're not meant to have fellowship just by yourself. We have fellowship one with another. First John 1. Whole worship team, would you come please? We proclaim to you, verse 3, we proclaim to you what we've seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. The picture is that there really isn't true fellowship. You study this verse. There really isn't true fellowship with the Lord and, and, until an aspect of that is with His people. Now, I know, we, we, you know we're a majority when we're all alone. Us and God. More with us than, than are with them. Amen. But there's a principle of corporate worship. Do not forsake the gathering of the saints. as some other custom of doing. You've got to go to church. I'm going to tell you, I've had more broken off of me in altars and worship services than I ever did through some counseling I had or some teaching I got. Everybody say, be in church. Got to be in the house. It'll break off a spirit of despair. And furthermore, it ain't just about you and me. It's about the person that you'll touch or hold hands with that needs some help more than you do. And when you're there, you know, I understand that people are strong in their faith and, that, and, and you know, that might not need as much fellowship as others. I understand that. But what about the people you'll touch when you come? What about the ones that won't get touched if you're not there? Come on, some people, look, you're the only Jesus some people will see in the community, too. That's fellowship outside these four walls also. Get together. Go to lunch with each other. Get to know those who are among you. Come on, break down the wall. You just hang out with people that look like you. Then, come on, that's like... I don't know. Did it ding 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 ding? You ever see that movie? Anyway, let me like. All right, let me go over your head. Come on, if, we, if you just hang out with people that look like you all the time, that's weird. Go ahead, look at somebody. Go ahead, look around. Hey, wow. look at all the different colors and faces. You get to heaven, it's going to be filled with people that look 
completely different than us. Nations. My last thing, stay full of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Stay full of the Holy Spirit. Because you leak. Infilling of the Holy Ghost is not a one-time thing. It's it's an everyday thing. You've got to be one like like the wise virgins whose lamps are filled. Whose wicks are trimmed. Stand up on your feet. Let me read this to you. Won't you stand up this morning? Psalm 30, verse 5. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just thank Him right out loud. If you've been struggling with despair or struggling with depression, just believe God to break it off of you right now when we pray. And, and take your notes home. Go share this with somebody who's like 15 feet under the ground. There's people that don't even leave their houses. They're so depressed. Go preach it. That's why we give you notes. Go teach this to somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Let joy come. Beauty for ashes. The oil of gladness. The oil of joy for mourning. Let heaviness and despair, depression be broken off right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, when you got to humble yourself. Sometimes we're so staring at our own situation that can get depressing. Lift up your eyes. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and He'll add all things. He'll change your situation. Come on, who knows? You'll bump into the president of tar- Starbucks or whatever it is, and he'll give you free coffee for the rest of your life. Target. Who knows, maybe I was prophesying. I'm I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. Come on, I want to sing this song again. Can you drop the screen so that people can see the lyrics on there? The river rushes to the lowest place. You've got to ask it. You've got to ask him to come to flow into your life. And that's what that means. When you get lower, you say, God, I really need some help. I need help today, God. The river rushes to the lowest place. You can begin to bring up joy like a fountain. Out of your belly wells salvation. Come on. You ready, Mike? Go for it. You said there would be joy in the laying down. You said there would be joy in the letting go. Over me, come and rush over me, come and rush over me, let the river flow. Come and rush over me, come and rush over me, come and rush over me, let the come on, people. Come and rush over me, come and rush over me, come and rush over me, let the river flow. 
Come and rush over me. Come and rush over me. Come and rush over me. Let the river flow. I bow down. I dance low. I open up my heart to receive your love. I bow down. I dance slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it right now. Say, that's me. Pray for me, Pastor. One, I see that hand in the back. I see that hand right there. I see that hand. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand. Thank you. Come on, let's just pray. Just reaffirm your faith. You're walking with the Lord. Praise God. For those of you that are giving your heart to Him afresh or for the first time, just pray right out loud. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Come into my heart, come into my life, and be my Lord. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I ask God that you would touch. I come against depression. I break your hold by the word of the Lord today. I come against even suicidal thoughts and self-hatred. 
I command you to break your hold, silence your mouth by the power of the name of Jesus. And let your people, let us follow through on these principles of how to live with the joy of the Lord. That the kingdom of God would be released through the joy of the Lord. Favor would be released because of joy, despair, and heaviness. We cast you down. And we declare that we're a people that have been freed from every shackle and every chain. And we'll go and spread the good news, God. Hope in the land of the living. We thank you. We praise you. Praise God. Take someone by the hand as we close. For those of you that went through the real membership class um, and you haven't had your picture taken, we have got a prayer wall. In fact, if any of you want to be a part of our prayer wall, I'm putting together a, a, a pastor's prayer wall. It'll be in my office. I'll be praying over you and your families. If you've not gotten a picture, we'll be taking photographs upstairs with Christine. Christine, would you just wave at us? All right, she'll be upstairs. You just head upstairs and it'll be in the, one of those rooms up there. She'll meet you up there after service if you've not gotten your photo taken. If you're one of those new members, you can want a photo taken. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Come on, pray for the person on your right and left. God, we thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. Lord, I pray for those who are able, you'd bring us back tonight for a powerful service, transformation, that this week, Lord, would be a week where your kingdom's released. I pray for all that are praying for that, that Operation Andrew, all of our loved ones that we're reaching out to and inviting. Lord, I pray that you would give divine appointments to them and that you would bless your people, bless our church, bless the body of Christ. Lord, as we go forth, can we sheaves of joy and blessing. Bless your people. God, cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you this morning. We'll hope to see you tonight or Tuesday night, Holy Ghost night, or next week. God bless you. Praise the Lord.